Hey everybody, welcome back to the Living With Power Hope podcast. I'm your host, my name is Lena Abajamro. I run a ministry called Living With Power Ministries, and I am also a full-time doctor by training and profession. I, I love this podcast. We're here every Thursday. If you haven't subscribed to it yet, you should. Then you get notified every time we have a new episode, which is every week, and we do all sorts of different things. Right now, we're wrapping up. Today's the last of six uh, episodes on a series called Through the Desert. Uh, it's been sort of a way to celebrate the release of my newest Bible study called Through the Desert, a study on God's faithfulness. And it takes you through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, not every single book, but six pit stops in desert spaces and tells you the story of God and why he leads us to the desert, but th- then gets us through the desert. If you want to get that study, you should do it now. It's an awesome study. And here we're doing some complimentary teachings on desert spaces. We've talked about the deserts of dating. We've talked about the desert of temptation. We've talked about the desert of community and the desert of God's silence. Great episodes. You can go back and listen to them. If you put them on double speed, they'll take you half the time, but you might have a seizure, so beware. Uh, Anyway, I'm just uh, joking on that. You can actually slow down the pace by going to half speed, and I'm not offended if you do. Hey, today I'm going to focus in on Hebrews 11, not the whole book, but just sort of that's the backdrop. So if you're a Bible person, you might read that book later. You might think about it. And if you are not a Bible person, we're glad you're here. We love you. We we're, we're, want to tell you about our Jesus. He's uh, amazing. He died for your sins, and he lives to make intercession for us with God the Father. That means he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. That's what the Bible says, uh, talking about us and telling God about our problems and helping us. And, and then he's also with us and in us if we receive him. And it's a crazy thing, but it's as true as the sun has risen this morning. And someday he's coming back to this earth, and I can't wait. Hey, Hebrews 11. So so first of all, let me tell you the title of today's episode. I called it Learning from Our Desert Fathers. Uh, Desert Fathers has been, (laughs) so it's like the hip thing. You know, everyone who's kind of does a lot of, you know, reading on, you know, Christian thought and, you know, sort of die, you know, tired of traditional ways and wants to, you know, dig deeper and be more contemplative. Eventually, you're going to run across this concept of desert fathers. And usually it's in reference to early Christians who gave their life to God and meditated and wrote books about God. And they're awesome. You know, people like St. Francis of Assisi and St. Augustine and others like them who many of the Catholic tradition, but also some not of the Catholic tradition. And they're awesome men and women who, um, uh, Sister uh, of Avila is another one. And, um, um, Madame Guyon, who's, who was in prison and wrote some amazing stuff out of prison. So just some amazing voices in our church history that are worth looking into, by the way. Thomas Aquinas, a lot of different people in that you know, category of, of desert fathers. I don't want to talk about desert fathers of that nature today. I want to talk about desert fathers of Hebrews 11. Because by the way, did you know that most men and women in the Bible have been desert people? They've been people who shone in the desert, people who lived and were sent into the desert. In fact, the first study in in the desert series is on Abraham, who was led by God into the desert, not knowing where, Hebrews tells us. And he went not knowing where he was going. God just said to him, that way, Canaan, that way. And in Hebrews, it says that Abraham went not knowing where he was going. Oh, man, that was a desert that shaped the development of humanity. And all the religions basically grow out of the decision of Abraham to follow God and, and God's invitation to Abraham. So pretty amazing stuff. And so Hebrews 11 is what Christians have traditionally called the Hall of Faith. You know, like the Hall of Fame. I know Christians can be really cheesy. But... It's a good analogy. And so in it, almost every person listed is a desert father, basically, who almost everyone is someone who's lived in the desert in some form or fashion. And it's fascinating to go through their lives. In fact, I have done a series of teachings here on this podcast called the Unshaken series. And we continue to drop some of those teachings uh, on, the teach, on the podcast, and you'll see some pop up later. But it's on these men and women in Hebrews 11. But I want to give you three big principles on what we can learn from our desert fathers out of Hebrews 11. This is additional stuff. It's not in the book... 
the Bible study, I try to mix up the content. I know the, the idea of repeating content is helpful because people can retain it, but the principles are the same. I just don't want to bore you with the exact same story. So uh, whether you like things to be repeated or not, I, I hope that I'm repeating the same concepts. Our entire ministry has been one big encouragement to remind you that discouragement and disappointment are common in the Christian life. But, but listen, we need to get to the place where we no longer are moved to destruction and despair by the things that we face in this life that are bound to come. We were warned that they will, they will, they will come. So we need to get stronger, unshaken in the faith. And so we learned some things about the desert from our desert fathers. And here's three principles. Number one, our desert fathers remind us that it's not our faithfulness, but God's that gets us through the desert. It's God's faithfulness that gets us through the desert. How do I know that? Well, because when you go through the, those people, you know, you start with Abel and Cain, of course, Abel's the man of faith and Enoch and then Noah. But then you get to like Abraham and Sarah, Sarah, the wife of Abraham is listed in Hebrews 11. She lived through a desert of waiting. She was barren. God had promised her a child and she never saw that child until she was like 90 years old when she had given up. And yet God talks about her believing and, and it says in verse 11 of Hebrews 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, if you know the story of Sarah, she didn't seem faithful. She laughed when she heard God or the, the, there was a theophany. There was a chapter in Genesis where Abraham gets visitors and they predict again that Sarah's going to have a child. And she's caught laughing. She doesn't believe it was a cynical laugh. And yet she's listed here. And later on, by the way, so is um, Moses, who had killed a man. And, and then later on, so is um, Samson is listed, by the way, in verse 32. What shall I more say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson. By the way, Gideon had his dark days and, and Samson is listed days there. And why is that so important for us as we consider our desert fathers? Well, it's because it's very easy to think in the Christian life that it's how good I live that makes me acceptable to God. We believe in salvation by faith, but many of us are living our Christian life as if it's our behavior that gains us God's favor. Let us not forget that it is not our faithfulness, but God's that will get us through the desert. It's all about him. It's all his grace. Failure in the desert is way more common than victory, by the way. For 40 years, the people of Israel were in the desert. Their, their being 40 years in the desert was a result of their failure. And then you keep seeing them fail in the desert. And yet God remains their God. And there's an entire week we spend in the desert study that I wrote in the midweek, the Jeremiah 31 week, that is like all about that, God's mercy in the desert. And so we see that though failure of humans is more common than victory, forgiveness in the desert is a gift that God gives us over and over again when we desperately recognize our need for forgiveness and for him. And so... To, to fail in the desert is normal. To ask for forgiveness in the desert is miraculous. And the bigger miracles that God gives it over and over again. Now, that don't want to abuse it. In Romans chapter 6, Paul reminds us, shall we continue in sin that, that grace may abound? And the answer is absolutely not. God forbid. But um, if you're in a place of failure, be encouraged. I've been there. I, I, I've, I've told the stories of my failure. I probably will write more about failures in the future. I'm not proud of them, but I pray that they encourage you and help you. I don't think any of the men and women who, whose deeds are listed, Judah, my goodness, Judah, one of the sons of, of Jacob. I mean, his story, his saga is so like R-rated and, and, and sad in Genesis. And yet he is considered to be the one through whose line Jesus will come. Think about that. This is all about God's mercy. 
our fathers, our desert fathers remind us it's not my faithfulness or yours, but God's that will get us through the desert. Here's the second big lesson from our desert fathers. Our desert fathers remind us that faith rests on who God is and makes choices based on who God is. Probably my favorite one here. I mean, every man or woman in Hebrews 11 had to make tough choices. Everyone, every one of them. My favorite is probably Moses because the verses are so direct. He says, by faith, Moses, um, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. Our desert father, Moses, reminds us that faith, this his faith, what did it rest on? Well, it rested on knowing who God is, and he made choices based on who God is. He was the son of Pharaoh by adoption, and he could have lived a very comfortable, secure life in the palace as the son of the most powerful person in the world at that time. Instead, he chose the reproach of Christ as opposed to the riches of this world. This is immensely awesome. Abraham did the same thing. He, he went out leaving Haran and going into the unknown. Why? Because God asked him to. I mean, you see again and again, men and women who've done that. Gideon was asked to go to war against people that seemed more powerful than him. Um, Samuel, of course, his mother put him, his mother was a mother of faith, and she put him in the, in the tabernacle to be trained by the priest. And, and, and of course, you know, she had promised him to God. And there are so many examples. Why did they do that? Because they knew who God is. They had come face to face with God, maybe not literally, but emotionally, spiritually. They understood the goodness of God, and they made a choice based not on what they felt, not on what they wanted here in this earth, not on the the desires of the flesh, but based on who God is. They saw the value, the worth of God as greater, as that verse I read you, he considered the approach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Do you see that in your life? Do you see the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt? I, I want to live in that space. I want to see, I want to look forward to the reward that is to come later. Our choices in the desert will usually distinguish us from the world around us. In many ways, Christians can look alike. I mean, we, there's not a big sign on our foreheads. Even you know, can have a tattoo of a cross and still you can't tell whether you're a real Christian or not. Well, how can you tell a Christian? Well, it's our choices in the desert places, when you're hurting, when you're lonely, when things don't seem to be going your way, when you're disappointed, when you're waiting. That's what distinguishes us from the world around us. And our lifestyle in the desert will reflect the choices that we make. Remember the people of Israel, are you going to wake up every morning and go out and gather some manna? And are you going to skip the seventh day and double pick on the sixth day? Because that's what God has told us to do. Why do we do that? Because we've seen God split the Red Seas and deliver us from Egypt. The deliverance of Egypt is a picture of our salvation. The more we meditate on our salvation and what Christ has done for us on the cross, the more we're able to live our lives with choices that, that rest on his goodness. And, and you might be in a desert space of seeing God's goodness in your life. Listen, if you're in that space, take your eyes and fix them on the cross. That's where you'll see his goodness. It never ends. It's yours right now. So our desert fathers remind us that our faith, that faith rests not on what I want or who I am, but it rests on who God is. And the choices we make are based on who God is. Do you know who God is? Are you pursuing him? Some of the great writers of past, Tozer, The Pursuit of God is a great book. Uh, Knowing God by J.R. Packer. Those are books that must be reread to remind us of the nature and character of God so that we can hunger for more of him. If you feel dry in your life, read the word of God. Just let it immerse over you. Take time of silence and solitude before God. Develop the habit of being with God so you can come back to a place of refreshment. By the way, the desert Bible study is one way to do it. That's why I keep urging you to get it because you have to... If you want to lose weight, you go to the gym. I bought a Peloton. Now I do it religiously. Why? Because I want to be healthy. It's the same way in the Christian life. If you want to be healthy, you've got to make the time to be with God. Lastly, 
What do we learn from the Desert Fathers? Our Desert Fathers remind us that faithfulness in the desert does not always mean rescue from the desert. This is probably the hardest lesson to accept in a Christian life, but it is all over scripture. Our Desert Fathers remind us that faithfulness in the desert does not always mean rescue from the desert. We live our life sometimes obsessed with the idea of leaving the desert, of building a comfortable and secure life on earth so that nothing can touch us. That is the furthest thing from what the Bible teaches. Almost everyone who followed Christ strongly in scripture ended up dying for their faith. Certainly in the New Testament, 10 out of the, the 12 disciples were killed for the gospel's sake. The apostle Paul was beheaded. The examples are endless. When you read the Hebrews 11 and you get to the last 10 verses, you see how women received back their dead. And then we, some, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn into, they were killed with a sword. They went upon skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. I mean, John the Baptist was beheaded. Think about that. And uh, you say, why? Well, it says, and all these, though commended uh, through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. That's amazing. That's, that's like, just makes your hairs raise. Late, earlier in verse 13, it says, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. I, I am just in awe at, the, at these verses. I've taught them before. I, I, if I had to pick verses of scripture that exemplify my life it's, uh, and, and that give me security that I'm not crazy, that the life I'm living is the right life, it's these verses. We always think that somehow God owes us a happy ending here on this earth. We are getting a happy ending. We already have a happy ending, by the way. We're, we're already dead. We're alive in Christ now. We're never going to die again, right? If you're in Christ, you just move from this body to the next. We're going to live with him eternally. But we're looking for comfort and security in the wrong places. And our desert fathers in scripture in Hebrews 11 remind us that faithfulness does not always mean rescue from the desert here on this earth. But you believe me, it's coming. Rescue is coming, just not in the way you always think you want it. Rescue is coming, not in the time that you want it. And rescue is coming, and believe me, it will be worth it all. And so, are you willing to hedge everything on the name of Jesus Christ and who he is? I am. I am here because of him. And I intend to stay by God's grace uh, because there's no better place to be than in the presence of Christ. And so I hope you know him that way. I hope you love him more dearly today than you ever have before. If you don't, don't beat yourself on the head. Uh, the invitation to you is to go deeper with him. That's why we're doing these podcasts. That's why we're here. That's why we exist, is to draw you. I want you to, as disciples of Jesus, to fall in love with him more, to be closer to him, to want him more, to see that what rev I long to see a revival. And what revival is, is stoking the fire of your passion for Christ. And we do it through the proclamation of his word. And so if you are in on that, uh, get the study. It's going to be one way that you will uh, stir that fire in your heart and, uh, and uh, open the word of God and tell God, God, I want more of you. Will you revive my heart? Will you restore me again? And I promise you he will. That is a prayer he will never deny. And so I'm so happy you came here. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, send them to lena at livingwithpower.org. We do our best to respond in a timely fashion. If you'd like to join our Thursday night community, do it. I'm showing up live pretty much every Thursday night at uh, the Facebook community page. You can find out about it on our website, livingwithpower.org. 
And if you've enjoyed the book, Through the Desert, uh, can you leave us an Amazon review? Um, I know it seems like, I mean, sometimes those requests that I give you, like subscribe or leave a message, seem sort of, you know, a nuisance. But, you know, that's the way people see materials now. There's all these kind of algorithms. And the more people leave stuff, the more they make it up in the algorithm. And so it, when we do that, again, people then see the material. And so we want people to know about what we have for them. The study is a great deal. It's 19.99. It comes with six DVD or the video series. It's not a DVD. Nobody uses DVDs anymore, but it's a video study and we would love for you to get a hold of it. By the way, there's plenty of free resources on our website. If you've been on our website, you know that to be true. You can get a daily devotional in your inbox called Power Minute by going on our website and filling in that pop-up that shows up. You subscribe to it basically. Uh, we try not to hassle you or, or you know, it's a small little email every morning. It's our most popular resource. And so I'd love for you to get your hands on it. Hey, uh, I'm so glad you came today. I'm so glad I've been able to share my heart on the desert. I am in some areas of my life, I'm still in the desert. And you know what? What's changed in me is that I'm no longer disturbed by it. I'm grateful for what God is doing in my life in the desert. And I'm finding my fullness in him in this desert space. I hope you can say the same. If not, keep on showing up every Thursday, little by little, you'll see yourself. Uh, hopefully with a little bit more joy. Love you guys. I'm praying for you and I'll see you again next week.